Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you today. Thank you for blowing in today, right? All right, yeah. Kept me awake a little bit last night. Good to be here with you. I have the privilege today of wrapping up our revision series. Uh, We began this journey back in January. Darren talked about the things that uh, need to be put behind and uh, things we need to move past, like pain and the past and, and resentment from the past. And then uh, we began talking this month about moving forward. So the things you let go of, you got to let go of, and then you need to grab hold of some things to build toward the future as we move forward. Greg talked about putting good boundaries in place and living with a life of gratitude. And last week, we looked at clarity as we move forward, gaining clarity so we know where we're headed and what we're to do. And today, I have the privilege to talk about something that I, I really do appreciate and love, and that is the topic of joy. Joy is one of those distinctions that Marcus is a follower of Jesus. And, uh, you know, it, it truly makes us shine and shine very brightly. Now, let's look, at the, uh, let's look at the verse for this morning found in 1 Thessalonians 5. Here's what it says. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. These are three of the shortest verses in the Bible. We're going to focus on the first three words. Be joyful Always. Now, the interesting thing about the word joy is that it's also closely related to the word we get the word grace from. As I thought about this, I did realize that joy truly is a direct response to the grace we've received from, from God when we choose to follow Jesus. When we find ourselves adopted into God's family, it causes joy to bubble up in our lives. And it bubbles up and bubbles out to touch other people. So I thought about this for a moment or two. I thought, what brings me joy? Well, I thought about a couple different things. First of all, I I love seeing God answer prayers because God answers prayer. I mean, we began this year at Ignite, the organization I lead. Uh, We spent 30 days of prayer. Every morning we prayed together at 8 o'clock from January 2nd through the 31st. And uh, we began to get answers. We, We prayed specifically. We got some specific answers. One thing we prayed for I prayed for an Indian church planter. I said, we really want a guy from, from India who uh, will help us plant churches in Chicagoland. And I received a call on January 31st from a, from a church in Aurora. And he asked me, would you be willing to help plant a Nepali congregation? I said, well, tell me more. He said, uh, we, he got a contact from a Nepali church planter. He has about 60 people gathered. He wants to start a church. And uh, I looked, I talked to Josh on the phone. I said, absolutely, we will help with this because we've been praying for this guy, right? I mean, Nepal is right next door to India. I figure it's close enough, right? Okay, close enough for, for a good answer. I, I love seeing answers prayers. Okay, so yesterday I was helping my son lay laminate floor in his uh, house in Downers Grove, and I got a call from Pastor Tika, who is the, who's the pastor, the, the, the planter for this church, the Nepali church. And so I was talking with him for a couple of minutes, and I, I stopped laying laminate, and I talked with him, and I finally ended up saying, can I pray for you? He said, oh, yeah, please. So I was praying, and uh, Luke was walking in and out, and all of a sudden Luke started laughing. That's Luke is my son. And uh, I'm praying. I'm thinking, okay, why is he laughing while I'm praying? But anyway, that's, that's fine. So I, I finished my prayer. His mom said, mom came to the edge of the door and said, why were you laughing at your dad? And he said, well, I wasn't laughing at dad. It's just while he was praying, the song Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue was playing on the radio. <laughs> I, I didn't even hear it, okay? I can focus, right, when I pray, right? So anyway, I, I love seeing the way the Lord answers prayers. Now, I love being with family, too. 
Okay, family does fill me with joy. I mean, you got a picture of my wife up there. I love spending time with her. And then there are my two joy bringers on the other side. Last week, we were down in Champaign at my, uh, my son and daughter-in-law's church, and uh, my grandson walked out of his class on Sunday morning. He had a heart, a heart cut out of the world, like a world map. And I said, so tell me what that's about. He said, Grandpa, we need to share the love of Jesus with the whole world. I know, that's what I did too. And I just, oh, I just had this overwhelming joy. Phil Meyer, he's going to be a great church planner one of these days. Okay, I got that in mind already. But uh, these two bring me joy. I spent time with them last night at a hockey game, champagne. Oh, just what, what, they just fill me up, okay? Hey, when people find the reality of a God who loves them and wants them as a part of his family, and they get it, man, there's nothing better. Nothing better. Joy just bubbles up. Now, I have all, all kinds of other things. I'm sure you do too, but you also realize joy is not always an easy characteristic to maintain, is it? It just, it just doesn't. There are all kinds of joy stealers that assault our lives. So what do we need to do? If we want to add this component into our lives to so help us move forward strongly, how do we do it? Well, I got a couple of reminders, I think, today that I hope I'll share with you. I hope they, I hope they make a difference. The first is found in, the, in, uh, in Galatians 5. I believe joy is a fruit. Listen to what Galatians says. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't think it's any coincidence that joy is the second thing mentioned after love. Because love marks a follower of Jesus. We love other people. But I think joy is a cl- very closely followed component of, of this following Jesus. What, what it means, what, it, what spills out of us naturally. I also notice on that verse there that the last thing mentioned is self-control. And that's the first thing I lose. When it comes to fruit, I was laying laminate. Well, never mind, never mind, okay? My village, my wife works for the village of Antino as the deputy village clerk. She told me about a recent problem uh, in the village. There was a beaver dam that was blocking the flow of one of, the, uh, one of the retention areas in town. The dam's located outside of the village, but the effects of the structure are being felt in town because it's causing water to back up. Village officials hired a trapper to come in and capture and relocate those beavers so they can blow the dam up. Okay? Now, all of us find ourselves at times dealing with things that dam up the flow of joy into our lives. Am I right? We've all felt them. They could take the form of relationships that fracture, bringing hurt and heartbreak, even when we don't desire it or deserve it. It could take the, the form of disappointments, when things don't turn out like we planned, when promotions don't come or people let us down, it builds dams that block the flow. Circumstances beyond our control can do this. I came home from vacation to find a $429 toll fine bill from a credit card that expired and I never got an email. They happen, right? And if we allow them to, they'll block the flow. That's why I think it's very important that we remember that joy really is, I got it in here somewhere, joy really is a fruit. It's a natural outpouring of our connection to Jesus. And if we're connected to him, 
it, it comes out. It comes out. Now, if I were to cut this open, what would be at the core? Seeds would be at the core, right? And if I planted the seed, what would come up? Okay, it would produce what? More? Yeah, it produced more. It produced more apples. You know I mean, honestly, so you put apple seeds in the ground, it produces apples. I think our connection to Jesus naturally produces joy because it's one of the fruit of the Spirit, of Him living in us. Love, joy, peace, and on forth. Now, in spite of anything we go through, we can have joy as a fruit. Now, the question is how? And I believe it's answered this way. Joy is also a choice. Okay? Uh, James 1, 3, and 4 says this, consider it, okay, you like this one, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, how in the world do we make that a reality? I mean, come on, consider it pure joy. Does that even make sense? None of us like trials. I certainly don't. And yet I do recognize that when we face these things, and we're going to face them, the way in which we face them really does matter. Robert Louis Stevenson was a well-known Scottish author. He wrote Treasure Island, a classic. And uh, he had consumption. He had consumption most of his life. It's a lung disease. One day he was hacking and coughing and he could barely breathe. His wife yelled out to him from the kitchen, I suppose you still think it's a beautiful day, don't you? And he yelled back, Yes, I do. I will never allow a row of medicine bottles to block the view of my horizon. It's a choice, right? We make choices all the time, how we approach these challenges that come our way. A couple weeks ago, I was in Tampa right before the brutal cold snap we had. Uh, I had a Monday and Tuesday meeting down in Tampa. was coming home for a couple days before we were flying out to L.A. on Friday for vacation, my wife and I. Monday morning or Monday afternoon, I'm in a meeting when I receive a text from Southwest saying my flight for the next evening was canceled. Now, that's challenging. I began to look real quick on my phone to see what I could do to to change things around, maybe get out earlier in the day on on Tuesday. It wasn't going to happen. Everything was filled. Wednesday, Thursday flights were canceled. I called my wife up, and uh, she said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. She said, well, you need to get back here because we're leaving. I said, I know that. I know that. You ever have those conversations? No, that's another story. Another story, okay? I know that. I know that. So she said, what are you going to do? I said, I have no idea, but I'll take care of it. Okay, so that, as I got on the phone. I got in the queue in, in Southwest because everybody was trying to change flights, right, to, to get out of uh, wherever they were at, to go to wherever they wanted to go. And I got in the queue. They said it will be about a half hour. And so at, during that half hour, I realized, okay, I've got a choice here. I got a choice. I can get angry and upset and freak out. Or I can live the adventure. Okay? I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Father, I'm going to trust you're going to take care of this whole thing. Okay? I'm just going to smile through this whole thing. So I got on the line finally with the lady from Southwest. She had trouble with her computer. She said, you want, you want to call back? I said, no, I really want to call back. Let's just work this out together. Okay? And <laughs> she says, okay, right toward the end of our conversation, she said, hey, I got one. If you can get to the airport in an hour and a half, I can get you on a flight to Houston from Tampa that'll take you to Chicago uh, at 1 o'clock in the morning. She said, you want to do that? I said, absolutely. Thank you so much for helping me. And I gave God a high five. 
don't know if you ever do that. I do that. Okay, I do that. Okay, and I just, I just was reminded how important it is I make the right choices. Now, do I always make the right choices? I laid laminate floor yesterday. Yeah. You ever, well, never mind. You don't even want to hear about that. We make choices all the time, guys. Okay, we make choices all the time. Now, when we are facing one of those challenging circumstances, I think it's important to know it's lying in our hands as to what we want to do with it. I I could choose to worry and get upset and all kinds of things, or I can choose to lean in to God and say, you know, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to choose to trust you. Will you please show yourself to me? And I'll tell you what, it makes you stronger. At least it makes me stronger when I do that. Because God's big enough. And God will take care of things. Third thing I recognize about joy, it is noticeable. Now, when, uh, when, you, uh, when I'm sitting up here, it's beautiful like this. Uh, you know, I love this. But here, let's, I, want to, I want to turn the light down for just a second here. Eric, would you say? Okay. What do you notice when it's like this? You notice all those points of light around you? You know what joy does to us? It turns us into these points of light. Because other people see how we act and react to circumstances and situations. And they say, well, how do you do that? How do you get through what you're getting through? See, joy has an effect not only on us, it has an effect on others too. Now let me ask you. Would you rather be around joy stealers or joy bringers? Well, you know. Uh, secondly, would you rather be a joy stealer or a joy bringer? We get to choose how we approach things, don't we? And joy does have an effect on us and on others. Now, you can let me let me show you what effect looks like. Now, what do I have in this bag? Any idea? I told him first hour, it's not an elephant. Okay, now, let me, let, me give you, let me give you a hint of what may be in this bag. Now, tell me, what's in this bag? Okay, right. I mean, it's easy to tell by the effect it has, right? There's a magnet there. Now, the reality is, this magnet affects not only the one such, but a lot, a lot of other paper clips down the line. And joy does the same thing for us. And for those we come in contact with, and I see the effect in a couple different ways. First of all, it has the effect of bringing hope. Okay? This quality springs very readily from this, this characteristic when we, when we choose to embrace it. I remember a friend of mine, he and his wife helped start, helped start a church that I, uh, I helped start back in uh, January of 2001, Plainfield, Illinois. They were in their 70s when they came to the first launch team meeting at, Plain, at North Star. And uh, they both told me afterwards, said, uh, you know, or they told me ahead of time, I don't think we're going to be a part of this church plant. We're too old. I said, you're not too old. They came to the first launch team meeting. They became a part of the church plant. Okay? They helped in the hospitality. They were grandma and grandpa North Star. When he got sick, and she passed away, probably five years then. I had the privilege of being part of her, her funeral service. During the funeral service, her family gathered around. <laughs> this, I don't see this happen too often. They gathered around the piano. They all sang together. They sang songs of hope, songs of joy, great old hymns of faith. They just sang them. They sang them with all their heart, sang for about 20 minutes. And I asked them later, why do you do that? He said, because we want to celebrate a life lived well for Jesus. 
and we know we'll see her again. See, that's what hope is, joy. Joy holds out hope as we trust we're going to see the Father at work, even in a dark time. It helps us smile through the challenges we face because we know that God's got it and we don't have to. And friends, to be honest, we can't handle these things anyway on our own. We need help. And God's right here to help. And this is a type of attitude, leaning forward in hope, hoping that God's going to come through. It not only makes our joy noticeable, but it causes others to want what we have. It also gives us resiliency. Now, what does joy have to do with resiliency? Resiliency is the, able, the ability to take a shot and get up and keep going, right? Now, you all should have received one of these today when you walked in. Got one of those? Okay. I got a, uh, I have a bigger, a bigger picture of one of those right here with me today. What does resiliency look like? Resiliency looks like the ability to be stretched to lengths you don't think you can handle, and yet you bounce right back into shape, right? And that's what this bungee cord does. I can pull as far as I want to. It's not going to snap. It's just going right back into shape. It's resilient. Everyone knows, every one of us knows, life puts challenges, pressures out in front of us. Things that seemingly can stretch us beyond our ability. We say, I don't know how I can do it anymore. And when we choose to face these times of challenge with joy, it changes things for us. It helps us have a different outlook. It prepares us for what's coming. The husband of that wife who died, a few years later, he helped start a church in Joliet. Helped start several new services. He was just a, he was a starter. I got word he was in his eighties. I got word he, was, he got sick. He was gonna he was gonna pass away. So I visited him in the hospital. He's a dear friend of mine, and uh, we he was very lucid as we talked. We laughed together. We reminisced about the ways uh, the thing the fun we'd had together, the the way we'd seen God at work. And after praying for him, I was leaving the room, and all of a sudden he said, Hey, hey, Lance. I turned around and looked at him. He had this big smile on his face. He said, Hey, I'll see you on the other side. And I said, Yes, you will. Yes, you will. I had tears in my eyes when I left. But I'll tell you what, I got to see resiliency lived out. And man, we celebrated his life as we gathered together a few days later. How does a person stand up under pressures? How do we get resiliency to stay in place? We choose joy. We choose joy. Joy is not happiness. Happiness depends on circumstances. Joy does not. Joy is a choice. And I know. I know it depends on my attitude. It depends which direction I want to face. I mean, I want to choose personally to face joy. When I, when I have challenges come in front of us, in front of me, I can look at the challenges that are there, and I can complain, and I can gripe, and I can fret, or I can look at joy and trust that God's going to come through. God does. God does, over and over again. The key is choosing the direction well. And the choice is right in each of our hands. So here's what I want to do this week. I want to ask you to take a couple of tangible steps to enhance your joy as you move forward. 
First of all, I want to encourage you to spend time with the giver of grace. I mean, joy is a direct result of the grace we've been given. So what I want to ask you to do is, is take your Bibles up this week and spend a little time reading. Read for five minutes. You know, Mark, the Psalms, whatever you want to do, the book of Mark, the Psalms, but read for five minutes. Then I want you to think about it, about what you've read for five minutes. And then I want you to talk to God for five minutes. Just ask him how, you want, how he wants you to plug into your life today what you learned, what you read. Just see what happens. See what happens. But I know the, the, secret, to, the secret to the fruit is staying connected, right? If you want fruit to pour out, stay connected, and you will see joy starting to build. Uh, secondly, I'd like you to make a list of joy, the things that bring joy to your heart. Now, maybe it's spending time with certain people or walking out in nature, whatever it may be, doing certain activities or embracing adventure. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to make that list, and then I want you to choose one of those things from the list and do it this week. You just do one thing to bring joy. I'm going to spend time with my grandchildren on Saturday as we celebrate my wife's birthday. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay? Okay, so do, do one thing. And then thirdly, you have that rubber band reminder. I want to encourage you to put it around your wrist. And when a challenging circumstance rears its head, which it will, right? Choose joy instead of frustration. Instead of complaining or despairing to say, Father, I want to lean into you. I want to trust you. If you need to to remind yourself, you know, that's good for our band, right? So instead of getting down, Father, I I want to see you at work. And I'm going to trust you to do something. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to trust you to do something. Now, you may not get an immediate answer to this. I know that. But I do know. I do know when we choose this direction in which to focus, it puts our heart and our head in the right attitude. That's another way to fill the joy tank as we will see the Father in action. Now, in just a moment, we're going to sing a song written from a man who understood how to have joy in spite of personal tragedy. Horatio Spafford was a successful businessman in Chicago. He lost everything he had in the fire of 1871, built it back up in a couple of years. 1873, his wife and four daughters embarked on a trip to Europe to, and on board an ocean liner. He found it was necessary to stay in Chicago for a couple of days. He was going to catch up with them a few weeks later. Four days into the cruise, his wife's ship collided with another ship, and all on board found, them in a, found themselves in a suddenly desperate situation. Twelve minutes after the collision, the entire ship sank, along with 226 people, including all four of Horatio Spafford's children. A small boat spotted a woman floating on a piece of wreckage. It was Mrs. Spafford. Upon arriving in Wales, she sent a telegram to her husband and said this, Saved alone. What shall I do? Immediately, he got on board another ship to go comfort his grieving wife. About four days into the journey, the captain of the ship called Spafford into his cabin, told him they were right over the spot where his children were drowned. And that's where the words for this song came to mind. He wrote them down. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul.